0: Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I trust you and your family are doing well. We are uh, talking about the fivefold ministry gifts, and this is actually lesson number 37 um, in the teaching of the fivefold ministry gifts. And uh, yesterday, we finished talking about the ministry of the evangelist. And today, I'm going to talk about the ministry of the pastor. Now, I'm going to teach you out of the scripture, what the scriptures teach about the ministry of the pastor and the scriptures do have a lot to say. And when it comes to personal experience, I have over the years, uh, in my position, I planted many churches. I've done gospel crusades, planted churches, and I have been a pastor to pastors, although I have never lived in one place, pastoring a local congregation. I have been a pastor to hundreds of pastors. Right now, there are several hundred pastors who are accountable to me in Africa. And uh, so I have been pastoring pastors over the years in Asia and Africa and other parts of the world. So I'm going to, whatever examples I give you, if I speak to you examples, uh, I will give you from my experience as a pastor to pastors and leaders. but. Uh, my teaching will will not so much be experience-based, but really what the Bible teaches. Now, the first thing is that a pastor is called, appointed, and anointed by God to lead um, an assembly or local congregation of God's people. Now, I say assembly or local congregation because they mean the same thing but uh, in certain Christian circles, they call them assemblies, like we call them assemblies. And in other contexts, they're called the local, local churches, local congregations, but they mean the same thing. And a pastor is one who's called to do the job of leading a local assembly, and he's appointed and he's anointed by God for the task. You can't just have anybody come in and, and lead a local assembly unless he's called and appointed and anointed by God. That's why I don't believe in in elder rule churches, churches that are ruled by elders, because uh, elders uh, are not anointed uh, to um, lead congregations. Pastors are. Now, when I say elders, uh, let me qualify this. I, when, I, when I say elders are not anointed to, to, loo, uh, to lead churches, I mean elders in the modern day usage. A modern day elder is a man who's not in full-time ministry. He can be a business person or somebody who has a leadership position in a, a local assembly as a lay person. And that's what I mean. That kind of elder is not qualified to rule or to lead a local church because he's not called or anointed or appointed by God to be a, a pastor. Only a pastor can lead a local church. Now, uh, but there's another, the, the, the biblical usage of the term elder is such. So whenever the Bible talks about Paul writes to the elders, you know, in the Bible, the word pastor, elder, shepherd and bishop are interchangeable. They mean the same thing, right? Most of the time, whenever you read the word pastor, or you read the word elder, or you read the word shepherd, or you read the word bishop, they actually mean the same thing, though these are different words for pastor. But of course, over time, as the church became more and more traditional, uh, the meanings of these words also changed. So you have bishops which means different to a pastor, and then elders, which mean different to a pastor. But in the biblical usage, these words actually mean the same thing. Now, there are four distinct terms that refer to the pastoral office, okay? There are four distinct words or terms that refer to the pastoral office. That means four different Greek words. The, the first word I'm going to talk about is the word elder. Which, we, which is the word Presbyteros, Presbyteros, that's, you know, it's a word translated as Elder Presbyteros, which is a title highlighting the administration and spiritual guidance of the church. So whenever you read the word Elder and it's a translation of the word Presbyteros, which it's a title which actually highlights the administration on this and the spiritual guidance of the church. So this is part of the pastoral office, the spiritual guidance and the administration of the church. In Acts chapter 15 verses 5 to 6, it says, but there arose, uh, there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So it says that there were certain uh, <coughs> Pharisees Pharisees who had become Christians who had believed in Jesus and they, they began to spread this teaching in the church that it was necessary, it was needful for the believers to be circumcised and for them to keep the law of Moses. So these were Pharisees who had become Christians. And now they were in the church and they were insisting that they had to, uh, that the believers had to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. Then it says, and the apostles and the elders came together for to consider this matter. So what happened as a response to this, the apostles and the elders, which were like the pastors, but the word there is used, uh, the word they're used is Presbyteros. That means that they are the ones who give. Um, um, administration and spiritual guidance to the church. They met together to, to, to discuss this matter about is it really true that as the Pharisee, the Pharisee believers are saying that Christians must be circumcised and they must keep the law of Moses. So here we see the use of the word Presbyteros, the, the elders, uh, and this term Presbyteros, elders, which it actually highlights the administration and the spiritual guidance of the church. So this is something that God has given to the pastors, right? And sometimes uh, you have people who are not in the pastoral office who rise up with all kinds of opinions. And especially I saw in Sweden, oh my goodness, I saw in Sweden people that are world champions and having opinions. And so you have people with all these opinions and they would say, no, this is not the way, this is what and they are not really anointed by God to be pastors. So this is something about when it comes to the spiritual guidance and the leadership, the administration of the church, it is better to leave those things to the Presbyteros, the pastor, who are actually called and anointed to discuss these matters. So what happened was that the elders, uh, I mean the Presbyteros, the elders, the pastors and the apostles got together to discuss this matter. Right. Now, in First Timothy 5.17, it says, Let the elders that rule well, again, this is the word Presbyteros, which is actually a pastor highlighting the administration and the spiritual guidance of the church. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. So it means that, that uh, uh, these pastors, uh, who give spiritual, the pastors who who do, who administer the church and give spiritual guidance to the church and those who rule well, they should be counted worthy of double honor. That means we should honor them and we should honor them double, uh, be, uh, especially those who work with the word and with doctrine. Uh, the word of course is the word of God and doctrine is uh, our our beliefs our set of beliefs which are best which are based on the word doctrine is very very important many people say ah, i don't like doctrine well you have to like doctrine because if you don't have doctrine or what the bible calls a false doctrine People will believe anything, anything that comes around, anything that sounds good, anything that sounds impressive, people will believe in those things. So we need sound doctrine and sound doctrine is based on the word. So it's talking about pastors who rule well shall be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who work with the word and with sound doctrine. Now, in James 5.14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord." So again, we see the word Presbyteros, that means the pastors. So is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And in this case, the elders doesn't mean these lay people who we appoint as so-called elders in the church. And so if the guy says, well, I'm an elder in the church. no. He's talking about pastors strictly, biblically speaking. What he's saying is any sick among you, let him call for the pastors of the church. The pastors who give spiritual guidance to the church, who administer the church, the presbyteros. So it means if any of you is sick, let him call the presbyteros of the church. Let him call the pastors of the church who give spiritual guidance to the church and the pastors will come. And anoint him in with oil in the name of the Lord. Uh, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So uh, you know there are certain ideas we have of what an elder is and what an elder is. And here we see an elder is the uh, the word elder is the Greek word presbyteros, which means it's a pastoral office. It's a pastor who. who and and the highlight here is the is the role of the pastor in administering and giving spiritual leader to the church. Now the second term that describes the pastoral office is (coughs) the Bishop or Overseer. As I said to you that the word Bishop and the word Pastor and the word Overseer and Shepherd are interchangeable. They mean the same thing. The other, the second word, the first was Presbyteros. Uh, you know, which is translated as elder. The second word that highlights the office of the pastor, the same pastor uh, who is the Presbyteros is the episkopos. Episcopos. Episcopus is translated as Bishop or overseer. And this emphasized the pastor's role in guidance, oversight and leadership of the church. Right? So this word ep- Episcopos, which emphasizes the oversight guidance and leader of the church of the church again the leadership of the church and the oversight and the guidance of the church should not be in the hands of of so-called elders and deacons and board members who are not called and anointed to be pastors when you have so-called elders what we call in the modern day sense elders and and, and 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 deacons and even board members they are there to assist the pastor and not to control him and not to guide him not to tell him what to do because it may be the modern day system but it is not a biblical system the biblical system is the pastor who is called and appointed by God and the word here in the second the second word here is Bishop. Or overseer, which means pastor episcopos, which emphasizes the guidance, oversight and spiritual leadership of the church. Acts 10, 28 says, it says, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over that over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. So this is in the book of Acts. It's writing to the overseers, to the episcopos, to the bishops, the overseers, the pastors, which is the same. As I said, these terms are interchangeable. It says in this scripture, it says, God, the Holy Ghost has made you overseers of the church. You are overseers of the church. So you make sure that you feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. And that is... It's really, this is a very important scripture, especially for those who are pastors, that pastors should understand that the church is not your property. It is not your domain. It is not your kingdom that you are king over because many pastors in the modern day charismatic movement, they consider themselves to be like, uh, you know, the, like the churches, uh, here's the people and I'm like the CEO. You are not the CEO. Uh, of anything. And people say, yeah, they're the CEO or they are the uh, king of this domain. No, this is the church of God. This is not your church. It is the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. And God has made you and I overseers. He has given us, uh, he has anointed us to give guidance, oversight and leadership to the church of God. It's a great trust that is Um, that is uh, uh, entrusted to uh, the pastor. In Philippians 1 verse 1, it says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Again, the word Episcopos is used here for bishops. Paul is writing to the leader, to the saints in Philippi and to the pastors there. And in 1 Timothy 3 verses 2 to 5, it says a bishop, and here's the word Episcopos used again, uh, again, which highlights the, the role of the pastor when it comes to guidance, oversight and leadership. And it talks about the qualities that a pastor must have. A bishop must then be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, Given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well in his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So he is talking about the qualities that a Bishop or an Episcopal pastor must have. He must be blameless. He should be married only to one woman and he should be vigilant. He should be sober of good behavior. He should be hospitable and he should be a good teacher. Every pastor should be a good teacher. You know, some churches, they say they have a pastor, then they have a teaching pastor. There shouldn't be such a system of a pastor and a teaching pastor. The pastor himself should be able to teach. You can't have a pastor who cannot teach the people. So we need pastors who are able to teach the people the Word of God, because the primary task of the pastor is to teach the Word of God. Okay, so then you say he should not be given to wine. That means that he should not be a drunkard. He should not have problems with alcohol. He should not be a drunkard, not striker. He should not be violent, hitting his wife or children. He should not be greedy of filthy lucre. That means he should not be greedy for money. He should not be he should not lust after material things and money. But he should be patient, not a brawler. That means he shouldn't be one who who is physically uh, getting into fights and brawls with people. And he should not be covetous. He shouldn't be greedy. Then it says he should rule well his own house having his children in subjection with all gravity." That means his house shall be in order. His marriage, his children, it should be in order because if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how shall he I'm <coughs> sorry. take care of the Church of God? Now, the third uh, word used to describe the place, the authority, and the position of a pastor is uh, poeman, shepherd or pastor. That word is translated as shepherd or pastor. Poiman, that means this is a word. It denotes leadership, authority, guidance, and provision. This word denotes leadership, authority, guidance, and provision. Acts 20, 28 to 31, it says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. And uh, then it says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. So he says that after I leave, <coughs> he said there shall be wolves who will come to scatter the flock. And then men, men will try to teach wrong teaching. Then they will try to draw men after them. So he says, watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Okay, Ephesians 4.11. Then it says, uh, again, this is the same Word poem that is used there, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, uh, first Peter 5 2 and 3 feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but by example to the flock. That means you feed the flock of God, feed God's, God's congregation, and take leadership over them, not by forcing them. You can't force your leadership among them, but it must be willing from their side. And, uh, and don't do it for money, but do it, do it willingly. And don't try to be lords over God's people. But, but, but be examples to the flock. Don't be lords and kings over God's heritage, but be examples to them. Now, the fourth word that is used to uh, describe the pastor's office is teacher. Teacher. Um, this word is didaskalos. Didaskalos in the Greek. It is translated as teacher. And often when the Bible talks about teachers in the New Testament, it's actually talking about the pastoral office as as differing from the office of the teacher. There's a New Testament teacher, but he's talking about the pastor because one of the strong things about a pastor's office is that a pastor should be a good teacher. So there are those who are called and anointed to be teachers, but there are those who are pastors, and pastors should be good teachers because they stand before the congregation Sunday after Sunday, and they should be about to, they should be able to share the word of life with them, the word of God with them. Okay, so that's the word Didaskalos, which means teacher. It says uh, uh, this is also part of the office of the pastor, and this means instruction and exposition of the scriptures. Such teaching is both instructive. And at times corrective. This is interesting. The teaching of the pastoral office is instruction and exposition of the scripture. But this teaching is both instructive and at times corrective. It corrects people. Okay, 1 Timothy 2 7. It says, Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Here we see the use of that word. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 to 29, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Okay. The next scripture are, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Okay. Scripture is quite clear that these descriptive titles relate to the same pastoral office. So these words that I uh, I read the scripture is very clear that they actually refer to the pastoral office. The same pastor he is refer, referred to by the word Presbyteros, which is translated as Elder, which emphasizes the administration and the spiritual guidance over the Church. Then the same pastor is also referred to as Bishop, of, bishop or Overseer, Episcopos, which emphasizes guidance, oversight, and leadership in the church. And then that same pastor is also uh, referred to by the Daskalos, that means instruction and exposition of scriptures, and such teaching is both instructive and at times uh, corrective. And then uh, I missed one and that is the pastor is also referred to as a shepherd uh, by the word poeman which is a position denoting Leadership, Authority, Guidance and Provision. Okay. So scripture is quite clear that these descriptive titles relate to the same pastoral office. The word, the terms elder and bishop are synonymous. The terms elder, bishop and shepherd are also synonymous. Note that in the Bible there is no concept, listen to this, in the Bible there is no concept of a group of elders who control a pastor. You don't have that in the Bible that you have a pastor, but the pastor is actually controlled uh, by a group of elders or, you know, church leadership or a board. This is totally unscriptural. It is the pastor who should lead and give vision to the congregation, not the elders and not the board of the church. It is the pastor's job to lead and to give vision to the congregation. Although in the Bible, there is no concept of a multiplicity or group of co-equal pastors leading a congregation. I've seen sometimes you've got like three or four pastors and they're all co-equal. That does not exist in the Bible. Even in places where you have a group of multiple group of elders or pastors, there is always one who is a leader. There's always one who is a leader, who is the main leader, and that's the biblical pattern. Okay. So a number of descriptive words that shed light on biblical pastoral ministry. Here are certain descriptive words that shed light and help us understand on biblical pastoral ministry. One word that is used in the Bible is ruler, ruler, now, a ruler I don't mean in the sense like a ruler and slave, where you know you have a pastor who is who is like a ruler and the people are his vessels or they are slaves under him. That's not that's not what he's talking about. A ruler in the sense is that the pastor leads and rules a church. And first <coughs> Thessalonians five twelve and we beseech you, brethren to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you." So one of the things about the pastoral office is it says that a pastor is over you in the Lord. So we cannot, uh, you know, it is wrong to have this attitude, well, he's the pastor, but you know, we are all believers in Christ and we are all equal. The past, I'm equal to the pastor because God also speaks to me. Not, it doesn't make him special because he's the pastor and I'm not the pastor. I'm equal to him. That is a total wrong attitude because it says in 1st Thessalonians 5, 12, he says, know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord. So I have a pastor and he is over me in the Lord and he, I am not over him but he is over me in the Lord. So it is very important to realize that if you have a hard time with that, then you have a problem with pride. Humble yourself because uh, I saw this. I've seen this in different parts of the world where people rise up and they think they're equal to the pastor. We are all children of God. God loves all of us equal. We can all hear from God. What makes the pastor think that he's special? Well, he is special because he's called and anointed by God to be pastor and you are not. So that's why it's better to be, keep quiet and to understand that the pastor, he is the leader. And in a sense, he he is over you in the Lord. He's over me in the Lord. And we must honor that office of the pastor. But we will continue again tomorrow. We'll talk more about the office of the pastor, but let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time. I thank you for uh, everybody who can hear the sound of my voice. Father, give us a clear insight as to what your word teaches about these things so that we may walk and live in a way that pleases you and brings glory to you. Father, we honor you. I ask you to bless each one, Father, and they bless their homes, meet every need they have. And Father, since we are talking about pastors, I pray for my pastor. I pray for my pastor friends that today they be blessed, Father increase their vision, cause them to see farther than they've ever seen before, and use them for your glory in the name of Jesus. Well, we will continue to talk about the pastoral ministry tomorrow, and God bless you.